so real quick, just uh, on the end, there's Jared uh, Anderson, who's uh, we've known. I've known Jared for forever, and uh, and uh, just Jared, would you like to say hello to the to the people? Greetings. Greetings. That was well said. I uh, and then next to him is Paul Balash. You know, Paul Balash is the Godfather. That's what we call him. Yeah. From Texas, originally from New Jersey, Philly area. Found his wife there. Obsessed with uh, Bruce Springsteen, and and he's just uh, an all around all around great guy. We call him the. Uh... We were born to run. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, Okay, he's just going to keep going, so we're going to move forward. Um, <laughs> to my right is uh, Mia Fields. Mia Fields is from, originally from Sydney, Australia. Uh, songwriter, extraordinaire, uh, hung out at a church called Hillsong. And uh, now she's uh, in Nashville. She's been the last four years. She just planted a ch- helped plant a church called The Belonging, which is an amazing community. Um, and uh, Mia's just... Uh, She's just uh, one of my favorite songwriters, one of my favorite to write with. She's a, we call her the lyrical gangster. She's just nonstop. She just has a laptop the whole time she's writing like this, and she's like, creates a smorgasbord of options. Like, what about this? 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 And you just go, yeah, how, how about that one? She's like, okay. Now, how about this? What about this? It's the easiest writing session ever. I'm sure you can attest. Um, this is Stu G, Stuart Gerard. To my left. Um, Stu is, I don't know if anyone's influenced guitar players uh, um, and musicians like Stu has uh, in worship music, uh, formerly of Delirious, um, which, uh, you know, they kind of broke the mold after Stu G, didn't they? And uh, anyway, great songwriter. Um, Obviously, we all sing Majesty and uh, wrote that. He's got a great song, uh, The Greatness of Our God, and there's a million others. He's touring at the moment with Michael W. Smith and become a good friend. Uh, of ours and good friend of New Life, um, and he's just kind of a monster. So we appreciate the great Stu G, and I think that's it, right? So moving. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm, all I care about after this session is that I get my picture taken with him <laughs> on the couch, and it looks like we were hanging. I'm good with that. <laughs> it's true. We all feel that way. Uh, this is uh, on the way left is Corey Asbury. Let's give it up for Corey Asbury. <laughs> And um, Corey is uh, brought to you by, brought to us by way of uh, the International House of Prayer in Kansas City. And he's been with us on staff at New Life for two years. And Corey and I have become such good friends. And I, I'm so pumped to partner up with Corey in, in life and in, in ministry and church and songwriting. And um, we've got some songs we've been working out uh, together that we're looking forward to, um, you know, releasing to the general population. And anyway, uh, Corey's just an incredible man of God. So this is the crew. I'm John Egan, um, and I'm your moderator. So I'm going to, we're going to, here's what we're going to do. I've got some questions I'm just going to throw around. So because we've got five of these awesome people or six of us, we're going to, I'm just going to kind of throw questions around, and the guys are just going to kind of grab them. I might direct them at one of you guys so the pressure's on, so there's no preparation that went into, like, I want you to talk, talk on this. I want you to talk on this. So it's all about spontaneity. Um, so I um, don't, not exactly sure which question to start with, but uh, I did do some polling. I did some polling of my own of stuff that, that people want to know. And one of the questions is, uh, some, like multiple people said this. He says, you know what, like, I know this is kind of a lame question, but 
What I really like to just know is how do you write a great song? Can somebody just answer that? How do you write a great song? And uh, I was like, well, what do you mean, like formula or whatever? Yeah, sure, whatever. Just how do you write a great song? So I'm going to see, so Corey's going to tackle that one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> How can you pick the least qualified dude up here that's messed up, bro? I'm just kidding. You don't have to, you don't have to answer it, and you're qualified. Uh, how about just uh, why, why write original songs? Um, Paul, the, you're the godfather here. Why even write original songs? Why even, what's the value in writing original worship songs for the church? Why write original songs? Yeah. Um, no, I just think uh, first and foremost, it's if we keep it in the realm of it's just another creative way to keep our hearts close to the Lord. If we forget about albums and CDs and all that and we just say, you know, songwriting 101 really is just a beautiful way to journal your heart, journal your journey, and then to take it a step further and sing some of those prayers and maybe scriptures that are really important to you along your journey. And instead of just, you know, go ahead, go through your journal. And to me, it was very cathartic. I never in a million years thought I would, I knew I'd get to play guitar for somebody that would do a CD someday. Like that was my highest ambition. Like maybe someday I'll get to play guitar with somebody that really knows. But I always wrote songs from just a, Man, I need to write songs to kind of, it was like therapy, you know. So it's cheaper than therapy, according to Jared. But. So I'd say, you know, never forget that. And that, that way you'll never, it always becomes a childlike thing between you and the Lord. It takes the pressure of the monkey off your back. And it won't steal the joy and poison the well. Like, I've got to have a song and a CD or it just, I just am not like a valuable person. It's like. Forget all that, man, and just take some of those simple little things in your journal and go, oh, I saw the Lord, and he heard my cry, and he answered me. I would say probably of all the CDs my wife listens to the most in our house, not going to embarrass Corey, but I've heard, I'm almost sick of that CD, bro. <laughs> like, whenever, I know when my wife's having a hard day, it's like this, that song just cranked in our house. <laughs> And uh, Jesus, let me, you know, just, and those are all prayers. I think the reason, and maybe they're not being sung by a gazillion churches and they're not on the top 10 CCLI, but they minister to my wife, they minister in my home. And that's really the, the highest goal is that, that we have the potential to maybe just take a sincere prayer, maybe record it, and maybe people in our church will be encouraged by it to move on, to press on. In God, and maybe, just maybe, it might spill over, and that's that's just a bonus, you know. Yeah. So, um, Mia, you're doing this every. Mia does this every day. I mean, she's writing non-stop for multiple genres. But if you could kind of just keep us in the in the vein of congregational worship, which Mia's working on a project even right now, which is based on con filtered through the congregational worship lens, and give us your why. I mean, your whole life is this. Um, I've always had this one little, like, scripture that I kind of think, if you want to write songs, it's a great little vision statement to always keep as your goal. Um, and it's just in Psalm 40, verse 3, it says, um, He's lifted me from the miry clay and put a new song in my mouth that many would see and fear. Um, and, it, like, it, even the Message Bible says that they would abandon themselves to the mystery. 
And I just, I love the idea that like songs can bring people to God, you know, like there's something really cool about bringing something, like even when I can't say it, I can sometimes sing it and I've found that to be true in church a lot. So like Paul was saying like therapy, like I write songs out of therapy and sometimes I write songs out of even trying to like work out my own like salvation and work out my own like revelation, you know, sometimes it's not revelation to me until I sing it and I sing it over and over myself. Um, but I think as well, like I, I know for me in my own life, um, my sister, uh, I'm a triplet, so I have these two clones. And um, I, f- for a long time, one of my sisters wasn't in church, but because she was like interested in what I was doing because she's family and I was interested in what she was doing, she didn't want to come to church, but she was real happy to listen to songs. So I have, I've really seen like that scripture, like where it says, you know, like if you bring a new song, then like it can help lead people to Christ. Like I've really seen that work you know and I've seen that in action and music has this beautiful way of disarming people and like getting straight to the heart you know people won't always stay for the 30 minute sermon but usually they'll they'll stay for a three minute song and um it's an amazing way of getting truth to people and singing truth over people um even it's an amazing way of like bringing a faith statement you know sometimes like someone will be going through something and to bring a song that that confesses something like like God can and God will, like, you know, even that song that we did this morning, like, like, I was like, bawling my eyes out, like, make a way, like, you'll make a way, like, for people to sing that when they're going through something hard, and for it to be a fresh confession of that, yeah, there's, like, plenty of old confessions, but something about, like, you know, you don't pray the same prayer all the time, so, like, you know, the same way that you would pray a new prayer for every season, sing a new song for every season, What do you think, Stu? Why? Why? Um, why does it, why does it, get it get you out of bed in the morning? You know, it's, you, I got a writing session today. And, like, I was with you not too long ago in Nashville. and said we just had a, you had a writing session with, some, like, Dustin Smith or something. Uh-huh. It was like, man, it was just so special. Like, we, we landed on something special. Just why is, it, why is that juice flow in your veins? Um, I don't think there's a, uh, there's a way to explain it. It's kind of like... Um, uh, I have to, you know, it's, uh, it's, uh, I, I'm not as prolific as someone like Mia, um, you know, because part of my life and my job is playing guitar as well, so, um, you know, and I have to do that. Um, that, like, I can't stop. I think, you know, I didn't stop when I was an electrician, you know, I always used to play guitar and write songs, and um, uh, it didn't matter to me what I was doing for a living. It's kind of, um, you know, I have to do this. Um, and we were saying today that, you know, part of it is showing up, like turning up. And uh, uh, I do it because of relationships. You know, I, I do it because um, the people that I write with are my friends. And, um, you know, I'm always better when I'm with someone else and in, in community. Um, so for me, it's kind of, a life-giving thing, and um, I have to do it. Now, it doesn't mean that I have the answers to why or can we write a good song today because um, whether I'm doing a guitar session or a songwriting session, I have that same feeling of I hope we can come up with something today. (laughs) I hope I can do the job today. Um, You never know, like... Um, 
you know, there are things you, that you know from years of doing something and yet I still don't know if I'm going to be good enough that day. And that's, um, I don't know, I just have to do it. I think it's a response. You know, worship is a response to a person. It's not just a, uh, uh, um, you know, it's not just noise. You know, so um, I have to do it because every day is a new experience of grace for me. Yeah. Um, you know, and, uh, uh, and goodness, you know, uh, his mercies are new every morning. And so um, I want to have that experience of... Uh, of Jesus walking in the room, and what's my response to that? Yeah, that's awesome. Um, Can you so give us a just quick story of majesty? I mean, it's a song that we I think all sing. We sing it at church all the time. Um, a bit of a song story to that song. Yeah, I, I can. Um, so um, uh, I can't remember the year, but like for about a year, um, I got in a little bit of a rut. I was feeling, you know, I mean, I never not enjoyed my job. Like, I was in one of the best jobs on the face of the planet, you know, like playing guitar for a living in a band that t was touring the world. And, um, but it, in some crazy way, it had become a job to me rather than a joy. So um, uh, um, I had some things to work through, and I got in my little space. Uh, so we, uh, Delirious used to own... Uh, these buildings and uh, I had a little um, uh, you know our offices basically and uh, we had a, a staff because we owned our own record label and distribution so down amongst the boxes and amongst the cases of guitars and what have you um, I had some curtains and I used to get in there every day and that's where I'd write songs or uh, do things and so I was in there one day and I was just thinking I need to uh, just be thankful and grateful and I started to just thank God and uh, have my eyes shut and um, um, and as I started to just give thanks really um, despite what I was feeling um, it, the only way I can describe it, it was like uh, one of the few times in my life where I've really felt like a presence of God there and uh, and it was, I've got no other language for it other than it felt like royalty. Um, and, uh, and so my, res you know, my response was majesty. I mean, I knew we'd been singing that Jack Hayford song for years, you know, and I wasn't thinking about writing a song. I was just, you know, oh, majesty. Like, and then I was thinking about, uh, you know, uh, just as I am without one plea, you know, and uh, uh, thinking about that song and um, thinking, you know, your grace has found me just as I am and, like, I I'm coming empty-handed. And, and that's how, it, how that song came about was that I then started to sing it and, and it was a song for me. It wasn't a song for anyone else to sing. Um, you know, I needed to, to sing that song and I needed to... To, uh, that was my response to that moment. That was my response to that encounter. Um, and, uh, you know, here I am, humbled by your majesty. Um, 
it, that was a true and honest, authentic for me response to um, my prayer of gratitude and the uh, the ensuing kind of presence of God that that, that I experienced, and um, and uh, it. It took a little, uh, little bit of tweaking. Uh, so I, I, I wrote a song. It was really a prayer, you know, and it was. It came out of my experience, and uh, um, and I wrote it for me to sing, like I said, not for anyone else to sing. And I didn't care actually if anyone else was going to sing it or not. Mm. But um, I was leading worship at our church and kind of sang the first draft of the song. And uh, Martin Smith said to me. I oh, really like that song. Can we get together? As so we got together, and um, he helped me uh, shape the chorus a little bit more, and um, and that's that's how it was written. That's how it came about. Um, Jared, can I throw over to you? Um, kind of like just talking disciplines. I mean, we hear a story about a song that kind of comes as like this, uh, you know, time with the Lord. And, kind of like even spiritual disciplines, like would you kind of make sure that you stick to that keep you uh, filled enough, with enough input so that there's something for output kind of thing? And then even practically speaking, disciplines about songwriting, like sessions, like times a day. And I think it's a, it was a big question. It's like, is there just certain disciplines? But I want to like hit on the spiritual disciplines as well, just to make sure that you've got something to give, period, you know. I don't know. The uh, there's three kind of things I try to um, dive into to to keep the I guess the freshness there. Um, one is to practice other people's music because there's already a conversation going on, and if you want to contribute to it, you've got to be listening to what other people are doing, and um, and then to read really good literature, people that are really good with words. Um, poetry is something I've, like, it's really, poetry's kind of snobby, but I've been kind of getting into it. But, <laughs> a little bit. Um, just people that are really good with words, and that's, that's what I aspire to be. And then, um, just developing that, or keeping up with the, the inner the prayer life, time alone with God of pouring out your heart. And as Paul was saying, that like you're filling up the journal, filling up the, the bowls of prayer. I mean, it's kind of the revelation symbol, but um, a, a healthy prayer life, good words, m masterful words, and, uh, and, and good music, diving in. I, I don't mean to be a jerk but like instead of going to google for a chord chart I'm just going to throw this out there like as an exercise as a discipline take the recording and make your own chart and it's just a like I was throw that as a challenge, like just to make your own chart. Go like, I'm just gonna try and pull this off. Like listening for that bass line, listening 
back to see if it sounds. It's always, and I'm, I am guilty as charged to just oh, Google it, find a chart. I need to learn this song. But going through the, it's ear training. It's like the work. Go, go back to the work, the woodshed, you know, of listening for the parts. And, uh, and there's, sometimes there's not going to be time for it. We've got to pull things together and just grab the resources that we know are available. But to dig a little deeper, just to get in there further, you know, memorizing lyrics, getting off the chart, memorizing that song, like, let's go the next level. If we're going to have more to give, we've got to dig in further than most people are willing to go. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Is that close? <laughs> no, no, that was nowhere near what I was hoping for. Um, <laughs> of course, it was amazing. <laughs> um, Jared? You're writing pretty often. You have a system. You have a kind of a rhythm that works for, for Jared. Um, it's like my 6 p.m., 6 a.m. Do you have like a practical or is it just when the moment, when the iron gets hot? Um, the co-writing co thing is pretty cool. You yeah. set up, you're like 10 o'clock. Oh, here we go. Um, yeah. But other than that, yeah, I like, I don't know. I, I, I want to find something that I have to say, like Stu said, like I, I just have to say this. Yeah. And I don't, I don't care mm -hmm. what the repercussions are, but this has got to happen. Yeah. So I'm not very disciplined. <laughs> Sorry. Totally. <laughs> um, <laughs> I hear you. Corey. Uh, Corey, I love, I love Corey's perspective on some of these things because he spent so much of his life in kind of this one this certain vein, you know, of where congregational worship or intercessional worship was, and then there's this mix, and now you've been at a church where you know, we have kind of services, you know, and we'll do our prayer meetings and stuff, but what, what perspective has been interesting to you? Yeah, saving the best for last. Uh, it's been interesting to you in that in that transition in that process for in in context of writing a song of yeah. originating yeah I feel like I'm learning so much being here you know being around people like Mia Jared Paul I wish I could be around this guy but we'll see <laughs> but these guys are excellent writers that do this day in and day out you know almost the Nashville session writers type people where they sit down and go this is what we're going to do today we're going to write a song that was never my mo before I was the more the guy who had either sit down with the Lord in my room with my guitar and go, okay, here we are, God, I'm going to sing to you, and if something awesome happens, I'm going to document it, and I'm going to make a song out of it. Or it was, I'm on a worship set where there's tons of spontaneous time, and again, if something awesome happens, I'm going to document it, and I'm going to finish it later. I'm going to make it a song. So I'm learning how to do the more disciplined, hey, we're going to sit down, like Jared's saying, co-writing together. I'm going to sit down with whoever and we're going to labor, obviously it's not a bad labor, but we are going to labor to write a song because that's the purpose of today. I think that's beautiful. That discipline is incredibly 
awesome and beautiful to me. I wish I did it more. And so I'm learning to do that. And I find it so valuable. You know, I, I got to write with Mia just a little bit earlier this year. And I felt like I learned so much from her. I came back and taught the DLA, DLA songwriting class. And most of it was stuff that she told me. But I didn't say Mia told me that. I said, this is mine. <laughs> Typical songwriter, man. <laughs> You know, I didn't tell anyone that I got all this awesome stuff from Mia or, or, or another guy. I said, man, this is mine, dude, and it's awesome. You know, it's so many valuable tools that I'm learning from people like the ones who are up on this stage. Whereas before it was, hey, I'm sitting down like David on the back hills of Bethlehem, and we'll see if a song happens. I'm singing to you, God, and if it turns out awesome and maybe it can resource the church, then awesome. I'm happy. But if not, hey, I had a great time with you, God. <laughs> and so I'm learning how to do the more disciplined type thing. And it's, it's incredible, and it's helping me grow as a songwriter as far as structure and melody and chords and all of that. You know, some of what Jared was saying, I'm learning more how to do that. And I, I find it so invigorating and beautiful. Can I add to that? Oh, Stu, so you add, and then me, you add. Okay, I was going to say that it doesn't matter if you've been doing this 30 years or 30 days that um, we would all, and I can definitely speak for Paul because I've hung out with him so much, and Mia, is that, um, that we still are in a posture of learning. And, um, you know, one of my uh, highlights of this year, if not the highlight, actually, is, was uh, I went, did some dates with Paul out in Asia and in the, in the Middle East, and it was just fantastic. But listening to Paul teach on leading worship and, you know, preparing uh, for that and um, reading the words and, and praying and singing the Psalms, like, that stuck with me all year. Like, um, so, like, I, I just want to say, Corey, that, like, you know, you're not a, um, we're all in the same place, that, that there's no, there's no kind of hierarchy here. Um. I just want to say, like, for everyone, like, I think it's a really, um, it's a silly thing to get in, fall into the trap that if it happened in a very worshipful, beautiful moment where you got a visit from the Godhead, then it is a God-inspired song. And if you just sat down and, like, rang up a friend and said, come over, let's write a song, that one of them is a more spiritual version than the other, and one of them is anointed and one of them isn't. Because um, I've had those moments where, like, God has, like, spoken to me and, like, like it's been like a very holy moment and you know and then I've had moments where I've actually just had to get up in the morning and go to a session because that's just what my job is you know and um and I just I don't want anyone in the room to get into the habit of feeling like if it didn't happen if it happened in a mechanical way then then God wasn't in it and that's forcing it because um, that's just not true you will have in your life what you value and most of the people that I know that write great songs they value great songs and they're working towards it all the time you know it's it's funny to me when I like you know I hear it like you know I'll say to myself every at the start of every year oh, I really want to get fit this year but I don't go to the gym and so like I obviously don't value being fit that much you know because if I if I put the if I went when I felt inspired if I go to the gym when I feel inspired then like I'm not going to see much change because that's going to be about twice a year but if I actually just if I actually just went for like half an hour every day like then like putting those disciplines in place, like, then that muscle would get, muscles would get stronger. And I think it's the same with songwriting. The more you put in, like, the muscle, your songwriting muscle gets stronger because it is a craft and it comes down 
at the end of the day to stewardship and like how are you going to be a steward of that but make no mistake like God uses certain songs in certain ways like John has written so many songs. Paul has written so... I mean, all of these guys have written so many songs, but for some reason, God, like, really used majesty in a special way. God really used overcome in a special way. Great I am in a special way. Open the eyes of my heart in a special way. You know, God's used, like, all these different kinds of music in a special way. But I go, but actually, like, everyone on this, like, stage has written a bunch of songs. And I think it's because God uses different songs for different seasons to do things in his people because he really cares about people. But... Just so everyone in the room knows, God anoints hearts. So whether you do it in a really spiritual moment or in like you're just disciplining yourself, you're already anointed. So it doesn't need to feel like, is this an anointed song or is it, is it not? God anoints hearts. You are anointed. Is that cool? Uh, Paul, you and I have talked about this quite a bit. And, you know, what's your, I mean, you lead worship at a church in Texas. Um, you have a congregation of people. You've done life with a lot. And how do you kind of... Do you have ratios or whatever about like songs that are real declarative about the Lord, you know, real vertical, you could say, or and songs that are real devotional, just kind of about our intimacy with him. And you, there's kind of like those streams, and sometimes they, they blend together as one river often, but songs are just kind of, we've seen lots of songs rise up that are very much kind of journal entries about our own inadequacies and the very devotional. And then the declarative, just the, the majesty of God, the reign of God, um, do you have uh, thoughts about just, um, you know, how you deal with your church, really, just kind of how you pay attention to those types of songs lyrically and thematically? Thank you. Um, I'm really grateful that I get to lead worship at my church. How many of you in this room get to be part of a worship team or you lead pretty much? So even if you're not the person actually leading, um, uh, I would say it's such a, uh, that's where I'd say 90% of the songs I've written in the last 10 years, they've come from those in-between-the-song bits. Um, every song starter, like I'm scared to death when I do go to Nashville and have to do it at 10 o'clock, and my biggest fears after all these years is like, crap, I'm going to go in the room with this really nice person, and I'm going to be like, uh, yeah, I have this idea, and they're going to be like, hmm, okay, anything else? Hmm, anything else? And I just like fear of failure, just like. And yet, you know, it usually works out fine. And, uh, but I will just say, uh, nine, so often, again, we just have our tech team just record the worship. So I don't, you know, if I happen to say something in the midst of worship, um, instead of sitting in a room twice a week trying to be clever and get your drum machine going and going, hmm, okay, I have 30 minutes to be clever. Okay, I'm gonna write a song. Instead of doing that, let songwriting become just part of a lifestyle. Songwriting, as I said earlier, is just a thing of just you're just 24-7 thinking about the Lord. Song, songwriting, you should have all these different song bits in your head, and it helps you to set your mind on things above, fix your eyes on Jesus, uh, pray without ceasing. Like all those scriptures that the Apostle Paul said, you know, how do we do that? Well, to me, songwriting is a great vehicle to just be, hmm. And so as I get up, you know, say, good morning, church, let's all stand up and Guys, just play a G chord there, and uh, man, before we get started, let's just, man, let's just pray for a minute. Um, I need to pray. Just, Lord, we just, uh, we just cast our cares aside, and we put our doubts behind, and we just set our hearts and minds on you, Jesus, you know, and as soon as that come out of my mouth, it's like, do-do-do-do-do-do, like my, 
my antenna is freaking out, like, ooh, ooh, that sounds like the beginning of a song, you know? And that was just years ago. And then, you know, eventually, you just sort of put that little idea in your little, it's like a smooth stone. David would just say, ooh, this, this will kill Goliath. Yes. That's a good one. Yeah, okay, I'll just work with this one, yeah. And you just save up these little stones. And uh, so then, then, you know, maybe a year later, you get with a Lincoln, and you throw out some ideas, and I don't know, well, here's something. I don't know if there's something to it, but something like, you know, I'm casting my cares aside, I'm putting my doubts behind, setting my heart and mind on you, Jesus. And it's like, yeah, it's about all I got. But, you know, like, and so that's, those are those bits. Don't neglect those prayers that come out of your mouth, that come out of the mouth of your pastor when he's not trying to be clever. Uh, just, it's just sort of like you're looking for authenticity and sincerity and just an honest prayer. And so, so all that, John, I don't know if that answers your question, but I would just encourage all of you to just have your intent up all the time. Have you just all the time, just, just be active mind, have your mind active, paying attention to a, a conversation, a pastor's sermon. It's like if you had to write a little course based on what this pastor just preached in the last 30 minutes, and he said, hey, why don't you come up and could you just share a little course that helps us remember basically what I was sharing? Like, like take that as an assignment, you know, as if he were to call you up and go, hey, would you just come on up and basically kind of the essence of what I was sharing would you just teach us a little chorus? So be writing a little chorus in your head as your pastor's... Anyway, does that make sense? So, and then you take those bits. I feel more confident then to get with a songwriter and go, well, I'm not trying to be clever, but this was a little bit um, uh, with Carrie, not to drop a name, but look upon the Lord. This little idea was finishing worship last year. And just, guys, as we close in worship, just behold him, just... If you want to close your eyes with me and let's just, God, teach us to behold you. Just behold. What does that mean? We just behold you. We look upon the Lord seated high. He is holy. Let's look upon the Lord standing all of his beauty. And just, and just hanging out in that moment. I know we're going to stop in a minute. Just, just hang there, guys. And that was it. But I just remember thinking, this might be something to that. And like a couple of weeks later in Nashville, feeling like, oh, man, I don't really have much. Sorry, Carrie. Had this little thing a couple of weeks ago at church, just this little bit, just saying, look upon the Lord, standing all. And she just started singing it and ran with it and was like, let the glory of our God from heaven come down. Yeah, 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 yeah. Let the house of the Lord be filled with the cloud. Oh, man, that's amazing. Yeah, exactly. So, again, but those little bits. And if I had just sort of said, ah, that's stupid. Nah, I'm not going to. And collect those little ideas on your iPhone. And so. I, on the collaborating thing, I think it's something that the Lord's been doing, at least in our camp. And uh, I think the Lord's on that. But uh, I heard a great story of a secular uh, songwriters written a lot of top 40 um, type songs, but he, when he was getting his start, he was put in a uh, collaboration uh, session with one of the, the top guys who was really kind of in the top 40 world at that time. And he was just so nervous, this guy. He was so nervous to meet with this writer, and uh, he's going to think I'm a loser, you know, just major 
major loser. I'm, I got to do well here in this session. It's going to really help me. And um, so he's, he's at the session, and the, the, the top dude, the top guy, he's late. And uh, so he's just sitting there nervous, waiting for this guy. And then the top guy comes into the room, doesn't say a word. He just, he just, he opens the door, comes into the room, kind of looks around, and then he leaves the room. <laughs> you know, and then, and then he comes back into the room, takes the door, and he just shuts it and looks at the door. And he opens the door and this whole thing. And he does it a third time, like, comes in the room, he just shuts the door. So this dude, this new guy, this green, he's just like, oh, my gosh, this guy's a psycho. And I cannot, this is going to be the worst three-hour session of my life. And finally, like, the guy, like, shuts the door and he just, he just hasn't said a word yet. And he just looks at him and goes, you think that door's shut? He's like, yeah, it's shut, man. You, you know, you got it. And then the, he just looks down and goes, Good, because I'm about to deliver some of the worst ideas you've ever heard in your life, and I just want to make sure it's just you and I that hear them. <laughs> and it just broke the ice. Turns out the guy's a great guy. He's normal. He just put on this bit to break the ice, you know. Um, <laughs> but um, can we, like, you know, is there any stories, you know, just some rough sessions, you know, just some, like, plowing sessions of just like this is not clicking at all and I think it's just be I mean we could tell stories of songs of just like yeah even a song that we even know like just it took you know eight years just because it had 20 versions and is there any just something that comes to mind just like yeah this is like a lot this is a ton of sweat it might have started with an inspired moment but you've got a few <laughs> I feel like I have one terrible writing session every week um <laughs> It's usually with like some young hotshot that's just been signed and has been told by their church how awesome they are too many times. And so they come in with all guns blazing and like thinking that they are awesome because they've been writing songs for five minutes. Um, it's true. I have this one session with this, and like I'm not trying to be awful, but I just think like character is a big thing and I don't understand why people get signed if they haven't like I'm like the best people to sign to a record label is worship leaders who have had to like be in church and like serve because when people are just talented and like haven't had to serve I'm like it doesn't actually do them any service um so I had this one session with this one kid and like we're in there's three of us um in the room the the guy that I'm writing with has like got like four Grammys like a bunch of Dove Awards like has been writing like amazing songs for years and I'm a little bit like oh this is amazing and like I'm not like I'm not new to songwriting like I've like feel like I've put in some years you know and this kid um comes in and literally is shutting down every single idea that we put out there and I was like this sucks like and and then like I was like the kid was like because I, I, like, I ended up pushing back a little bit on him because I just was like well you know like I think that you know, if I, if I kind of like the idea and if this guy kind of likes the idea and, you know, then, like, maybe, maybe it's something worth, like, looking at. And the guy was like, well, I've been doing this a long time. And I was like, I said, oh, sorry, my bad, man. How old are you? And he goes, I'm 17. And I was like, I was like, my bad, my bad. And then I ended up just, like, saying, like, you know, I'm having a bit of an off day. Do you want to just go get some lunch? <laughs> like, it's my 
I was like, I'm just going to put this on myself because I can't write with this kid. And then I snuck out to the publisher's office and said, I can't write with this kid. <laughs> um, but then another story where the song just took time. Um, um, these, I had a couple of guys in Nashville ask me to come over um, and work on a song that they had a melody to. Um, I often get pulled into things because um, I'm a quick lyricist and I'm, it's kind of the thing that I love. Um, so they, they had this melody and um, there's a band called for, um, for King and Country and they have this melody, they show me the melody, I end up putting like a lyric to it um, but even putting the lyric to it took a couple of days because they're kind of guys that go back and forward and like chew on the idea a lot where I'm like, I like to finish. Um, then what I didn't know is then they took it to somebody else and before they'd brought it to me, they'd actually like done the melody with two other people. So by the time it gets to me, there's like five writers on it already or four writers on it already. Then they take the chorus to someone else and then that person emails me and is like, and this is going on over. So the song All Up is like taking like about four or five months. And like by the end of it, like the guy, the last guy who's on the song is like emailing me saying like, hey, we're going to take the bridge and we're going to make it the chorus and can you write a lyric for this? And I mean, it was like kind of a frustrating process and I kind of thought the song was going to go nowhere. And by the time it had like five writers on it, I was like, oh, forget it. I don't even want to be on the song. Like, don't worry about putting my name on the song. Because I'm always like, well, five writers, it's like 20%. Like, I mean, who cares? It doesn't matter. Like, um, I know that sounds silly, but I'm just like, well, if I didn't feel like I contribute, like, if you think I only contributed 20% of a song, then like, you can just have it. Like, it is a gift to you. Can I say, I am so glad that the last writer was like, no, 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 you want to be on this song. Because the song ended up being a song called Proof of Your Love, which ended up actually doing really well. So I was like, oh, I'm, I'm glad that took five months. I'm glad that took five writers. And I'm glad that I didn't bail on that song. <laughs> i say something real quick on co-writing. Just encourage you. Two quick things. Number one, co-writing is a beautiful thing because the very worst case scenario is you just spent two to three hours with another believer talking about the Lord, talking about each other's life and how you doing and da 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 and you want to grab another coffee and I mean that's the worst that can happen because I used to really freak myself out to like man we have three hours to write the next church anthem yeah. like the next shout to the Lord otherwise we are failures you know it's like that's too much pressure man so I just say, like, give it a shot. If you haven't co-written, find someone that you have a little bit of respect for. Either they have a thing for, for words or a thing for music. And just humble yourself. Take the initiative and go, hey, you know, you, you up for taking a shot sometime maybe in the, next, in the next month? You want to get together two or three times and bring a couple ideas and kind of see what happens. And, and like I said, the worst case scenario is it's like, wow, it was really... Got to know this person, it was really cool. Best case scenario is, wow, surprisingly, we started with nothing practically, and like four hours later, this is actually an amazing song idea. We're like 80% there. Like if we just chew on this for another couple days and email back and forth, we could finish this. So that's one thing. The second thing is, I've just dawned on me in the last couple of years in co-writing, the most important word is the word maybe. Everybody say maybe. Because when you're with a writer, it's like it's not like, well, that sucks. Well, that's a great idea. Well, that's terrible. I mean, the, the potential to just ruin the momentum or just kill the vibe in the room is great. So it doesn't cost anything to go, uh, like if Corey and I were writing or John and I recently were writing, it's like, 
It's, there's no sweat. Like, if he throws out an idea and my initial thought is, no, no, man, definitely not. Like, instead of saying that, you're like, um, maybe, maybe, cool, let's write that down. Let's write it down. It's cool. Um, or another thing, Corey, we could do, like, blah, 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 and he's thinking, uh, maybe not so much. But instead of him going, I'm not feeling that, man. I just got to, like, put the kibosh on that right now. Like, that would just, like, all the momentum in the room. But instead, he's like, um, I mean, maybe. Let's throw it up against the wall. And I had this picture of, remember the comedian Gallagher mm -hmm. a couple of years ago? And he would, like, throw paint up against the wall and, like, vegetables and, and a watermelon. And it was just, do you remember him? Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, look him up online. No. It was an older comedian called Gallagher. And he would just throw all this crap up against the wall. It was like, it's like there's no harm in just throwing it. It's, it's all fair game, you know. Don't, don't kill the, the potential momentum. Just keep it moving. Just so I found maybe, maybe, that's maybe. And you're not being disingenuous or lying or patronizing. It's, it's a way to keep, keep it going. Say, um, mm. maybe. And there's times, honestly, where I thought, yeah, I don't really like it. But, yeah, maybe. In my head, I'm thinking, yeah, this is never going to make it to the end. Yeah. And then two days later, I go, hey, John, man, remember, the, remember that line? Honestly, it's really grown on me, bro. I think I don't really like what I was. I'll, let's go with your, your thing. So I hope that helps a little bit to keep the momentum moving along. So. I think um, one of the things I've learned from I've, I think the greatest writers, what I've learned from people I really think are just the greatest writers, is that they're the least afraid of being bad writers. They're not, they're not guarding that, uh, I have to, whatever I, comes out of my mouth has to defend the thought that I'm a great writer. They just don't even care about that. They're not afraid to be a bad writer. So it's like, they're not controlling their ideas. It could be so bad, but it's like my bad idea becomes your better idea which becomes the best idea or it goes back and forth maybe a hundred times but I think it's something which is so insecure that we're afraid to come to put out a bad idea but I, the great writers that I've worked with it, it, what I marvel at is just they're not afraid to say really a stupid idea they're not afraid because it could birth something else that jumps to something else so I think we got to let go of our of our fears we got to let go of our you know, giving the impression to somebody in the room or a group of people in the room that, that we don't have it all, all together. You know, I think it's, it's, it's a vulnerable experience. And I don't, I don't, people have been writing for a while. I mean, Paul just mentioned it. It doesn't stop being vulnerable, right? I mean, it still is incredibly. Still get diarrhea. Still get, Paul still gets diarrhea. Yeah. It makes for a disjointed writing session. He's always leaving the room. Where are you going again? <laughs> um, it's also funny that Paul and I, we've spent the better part of 30 or 40 years with guitar amps and drums behind us. We're the ones having trouble leaning into John, trying to, trying to, trying to watch his... Uh, need a monitor. <laughs> monitor <laughs> trying to watch here. the lip sync yeah, there. Yeah. I will scream to you, Thank Stu. You. Welcome to our country. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right, how about just some, like, I got just, as I would just ask people, it's just real, like, hey, can you just, some practical things, just something, like, just give me something, uh, uh, give me a smooth stone that you, it's a smooth stone to you, um, even as simple as, you know what, for me, it's all about getting at the piano and 
finding a hook and a melody, and then I'll apply some lyrics. Or Bob Dylan was all lyrics. Everything was a lyric, and then he would try to put it to music, and that's how Bob Dylan created his sound. He was just trying to, just you know, and he was brilliant. So it's like, what? Just something that could help, you know, I'm a writer, I want to be better, we're all learning, like, hey, you know, here's something that I find is helpful to, to me. Like, just, for me, it's, I'm a, such a theme guy. Like, me and I talk about this a lot. My phone is just full of themes. Yeah. Um, banner, banner, like, that'd be, that's the, kind of an old term, and a, let's bring that back to the new, the Lord our banner, Moses, Exodus, the whole, th- and uh, so that's banner, is the only thing written. And, that, you know, themes. And um, I know I want to flesh that out one day. I just pumped about that, that idea. I mean, even recent ones, just to, no one steal it, please. But uh, <laughs> Stephen's being sto- uh, stoned and looks to the heavens, sees the Lord. Um, I was just thinking, wow, he's, just, he's experiencing pain. And he sees, in his pain, he sees the Savior standing. Oh, what a great song that would be, like the Savior stands. Or, I am going to steal that. Well, that <laughs> You better not. I, I really wanted not. to write a song called Banner for a long time, and then like their album came out, and I was like, oh, no, it's already gone. Just give 20%. It's mine. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's true. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? Just like, that's a bit of for me. Like, and, and it happens in other ways, too. Like, there's, I hear a musical, one of the guys created a musical bed of, oh, it's really inspiring, and it's a, I think it feels like this lyric, so let's, apply, let's like, look at that. But, you know, something just a takeaway, a, a stone. I love how you said it, Paul. To throw one thing out there, I try to um, to have a filter on the things that go in to my soul, and no filter on what comes out, so that I can just be like it's complete honesty, mm-hmm. right? That's the the like one of the goals. For me, is that I don't want to have, because I think a lot of times we can this whole like stage mentality or you know whenever if if a song goes on its way to the next level to working and working and working there's it goes through so many filters, but I don't want to be the filter. I want to be the no filter. I want the yeah. filter on the stuff coming in. I want to choose what I take in with incredible discretion, but what comes out is totally free, unfiltered. So that's just kind of one aspect of like, how would I say this? Like, well, I would say it with no filter. That's what, that's what I would say. You know, I'm not writing like to please, you know, a bunch of people. Like, I want to give it to you the way I the way I felt it, you know, just the, I don't know if that's helpful. What do you say, Corey? Yeah, for me, music is the most important part, and Mia's going to get mad at me for saying that. No, I'm not. <laughs> it's good to have two sides of a coin. Yeah, everyone has their own thing, their own way of writing. For me, I, I think of music as one of the most important and powerful things in human history. God gave it to us. It moves the human soul. It moves our emotions. And if we can create a soundscape or, or, or a sound atmosphere that opens up the heart, 
then bam, the lyrics come in stronger. The lyrics come in more powerful. They touch the heart in a different way. The same way that when you listen to a movie, if you've ever listened to a movie with no music, it's terrible. It's the worst thing in the world. The soundtrack is what makes the movie amazing. Like I just watched the, like the end scene for Star Wars without music, and it was one of the dumbest things I've ever seen. Yeah. It's like That was ridiculously stupid. Because there's no talking, it's just no no music, and you kind of hear like footsteps and like 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 whispering. So for me, the music is the most important. That's kind of what I'll labor over. I'll get the chord progression, or I'll get the the melody, because melody is so powerful. Like I said, it moves the human emotion in a way that I can't think of anything else that does. Nothing else is the same as music or melody. And so for me, that's the most important because I know it's going to open up the heart. It's going to unlock the heart. And then the lyrics are far more powerful. Then I grab someone like Mia and go, okay, help me with the lyrics now. So that's kind of my thing. I think my smooth stone... um, just from the last few years for me is that most of my ideas and just a little rabbit trail is that when you're going to a a writing session or if you aim to write a song um, the the thing of having a theme or a title or one line or a chorus or some kind of start I I think is 100% essential for everyone to come in to, to a room with some kind of idea or a song start. Be, be loose with it. You know, it might be that the other person's song start is the thing that you start with that day. Um, but uh, be prepared with something. And so for me, the things that I've been most prepared with and had um, most success in terms of getting the song finished with have been the words of other people. Um, how, how can I explain that? Um, I'm a real church calendar fan. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that Lent and Advent are incredibly rich um, uh, seasons. And um, as I've got older, I've dived more into uh, the common book of prayer or you know, other, other people's prayers around these times of the calendar. Um, and um, and that's where 80 to 90 percent of my song starts come from, and um, uh, and songs that I've written with um, David and Leslie from All Sons and Daughters, uh, pretty much all of those have come from that kind of uh, devotion. Um. My smooth stone um, is lyric, um, but um, can I just say that for a long time the reason that my smooth stone was lyric is because I was such a bad musician mm-hmm. and, um, and I actually only could write songs by writing a lyric first and then putting a melody to it and I think that's lazy songwriting. Um, so I actually had to force myself to get better at phrasing, better at melody and better at other things and like I said before you will have in your life what you value and so working towards that kind of helped but one of the things that I notice um, wherever I go like I'll teach on songwriting quite a bit and one of the things I've noticed is people have a really hard time especially when you're starting out of like wanting to put all your best ideas in one song um, but then it means that the song the storyline of the song can be a little bit disjointed like it starts out of 
like one day we're going to heaven and Jesus is going to be there and he's going to welcome us on streets of gold. And then it goes to like Jesus is walking up the hill with a cross and he's getting nailed to the cross. And then it's like we're alive and we're free and we're jumping around. And like that's a really disjointed storyline, like especially to start at like heaven and then end up at like the cross. That's disjointed. Like so for me, actually, the, the thing that I think is really important for people is to like pick a central theme and then like make sure that you don't stray from the theme too much. So I actually really like to go into like songwriting sessions with a title um, and not because I'm like bang, bang, like here's a title, let's do this, let's like get it done in half an hour, but up, up, like I don't want to be like, you know, weird or gimmicky about it, but I think if you can find a good title, a, finding a good title is the same as finding a good, um, a good lyric hook, you know, and that's one thing I've noticed um, that especially in congregational writing, sometimes people have the most magnific- magnificent songs, but then I'll say, what's the song called? And I'll say, oh, it's called Jesus. And I'm like, yeah, but do you know what happens if you Google search Jesus? <laughs> like, but if you Google search Mighty to Save, you know what comes up? Like, that song, you know? So if someone hears your song, like, and, and it doesn't have an identifiable title, then maybe it doesn't even have an identifiable lyric hook. And I think a lyric hook is really important. Um, a, good, a good title and a good, like, idea can get, like, can almost write the whole song itself, you know? And I've, I've just got really good at saving um, titles in my phone like all the time and I can usually tell the ones that are that are like have a lot of weight to them and the ones that I'm like well that might need a bit more fleshing out and um, I guess the unique thing for me is that I'm often not writing for myself like I'm writing to serve somebody else's um, what, what somebody else does so usually for an artist who's signed to a label or a, you know like with desperation or with Paul or like some or for what they do and what they go out and lead so I often as well will save save lyric ideas um or or titles for certain artists um and I because I can tell which ones are gonna like sit well with people you know I had a I remember hearing that song turn your eyes on Jesus a little while ago and and I thought, man, everybody redoes that song, like, so much. Like, and I thought, but you know what's the cool part of that song is the part where it says um, the things of earth will go strangely dim. And I was like, ooh, strangely dim, that's a cool title. I'll just save that. And I thought, well, I'm writing with this girl, Francesca, in a couple of weeks, so I'll just, like, give her the idea because the song kind of writes itself. It's going to be, like, a pop version of, like, Turn Your Eyes on Jesus. So if, if you can get in the habit of, like, you know, when you hear your pastor say something cool, like, or, like, you hear, like, you know, even, like, to be honest, like, Christian bumper stickers are, like, great for, li- for like, titles for songs. Like, I love that. Or, like, go into Lifeway and have a look around. Um, I want to, like, bring back WWJD. I'm going to write that in a song sometime soon. Um, but, yeah, just get in the habit of, like, the same way that you would record your musical ideas. Like, just, like, write down some, some like, title ideas or some theme ideas and, like, get in the habit of, like, recording lyric hook, hook ideas, yeah? I've heard you use the phrase practicing lyrics. That always stuck with me. I love that. Can you just give us sort of a, like a, a condensed version of like, how do you practice lyrics? Like a lot of people, we practice our scales, practice in our chords. Um, define practicing lyrics, if you don't mind. Um, I, I tend to try and, if I get an idea, then I will try and, um, I will try and put it in rhyme. Um, and, and I will change the rhyme up. So, like, sometimes I will, like, get a, li- like, I'll get a lyric idea. Like, I remember one time I was out walking at night, which is not a smart thing for a girl to do. 
don't recommend it. Um, but anyway, I was out walking. It was like 11 o'clock at night, and I just looked up, and there was heaps of stars. And instead of just thinking, wow, God made the stars, I, like, started trying to, like, think in rhyme. So, like, I was thinking, like, man, like, I wonder if God put all those stars there just for me so that I would notice him and so that I wouldn't, like, take him for granted. So instead of just thinking, I started, like, trying to hash out in my head, like, did you rise the sun for me? Okay, what's something that could run with that? Or paint a million stars so that I'd know your majesty. And then I was like, hey, what's something else creation-y? Is your voice upon the wind? Okay, what's something that rhymes with that? Is everything I know marked with my maker's fingerprints? You know, and, and sometimes it, you know, in the beginning it started out, Jesus is the king, I bring him everything, I just want to sing, bring an offering, which makes for a really terrible song. But, but, the, more you, but the more you practice your lyric, like the, the better you'll get, and the better you'll get at learning like phonetics. So what feels good in, like, when you say it, and like, it doesn't always have to be like, I fall on my face and in your embrace, this is grace, you know, like I'm keeping up the pace in the race. Like it, you learn like what works and what doesn't. You learn like, like that phonetically certain things work together, like God of all the heavens, here is my surrender, you know, like, and that doesn't sound like it rhymes, but it does the more you practice it. So even if you get ideas, like just get in the habit of like, maybe try and instead of just writing out the idea, try and write it out with like some sort of meter and some sort of rhyme. That's really good. It's really good. Um, Good, just one last, I guess, um, my last two cents here. Um, just trying to like go back to um, be willing to write a lot of bad songs, yeah. and that you, but songs that you think in the moment are good. I'm not saying try to write bad songs, but just the sheer writing volume. You know, writing a lot of songs. And, and back in the day, I moved to Texas, was giving guitar lessons, starting to work at the church a little bit. Uh, mown lawns, and then Ed Carr, he was a piano player, and I said, why don't we meet at the church? Like, we could probably do three mornings a week. You want to do that? And we took a loan out. We bought a Fostec 16-track recorder. Uh, it was $2,500 a piece. I was living in a mobile home with three kids and two in diapers. But we just determined, like, hey, carpenters just get up and go to work, and lawyers get up at eight, and they go to work. And if we want to write songs, like, let's just, let's just, get up and go to work, you know, and um, so we would just show up, make coffee, and open our, the Bible, and sometimes Ed would have an idea, or I'd have an idea, remember when we were, remember Sunday, when we were kind of hanging out and lingering, remember you sort of said this thing, remember pastor had this one line, why don't we just kind of, so the point is, and if all else fails, just go through the Psalms, and look for a Psalm, and go, let's just write a Psalm today, but the point is, um, just showing up, writing songs, demoing them, and we think, ah, oh, this is really good. And three months later, you look back and go, hmm, wasn't that good after all. But don't become too precious. Like, I see people write one or two songs, and they're just, like, sitting on it like a mother hen, like, waiting for it to hatch. And just like, no, no, just go out and write another song. Just keep writing songs, writing songs. And then sometimes you'll take a piece of that that you believe in, and you'll get rid of that section. And, you, and it's like e-harmony, like, you know, this part becomes more compatible, like... What if I took the verse from this song, but the chorus from that song? Actually, that's starting to feel pretty good. Um, so write, write a lot of songs. And, um, yeah, I mean, literally, whatever, just hundreds of songs. There's at least two or three hundred songs that Integrity has in somewhere that I went through the trouble of making a demo, racing to FedEx, sending the DAT tape, 
and hoping that Tom Brooks would like record the song and it never saw the light of day. So I'm just saying, you know, it's easy for me to look at and go, oh yeah, yeah, I got some couple songs that actually kind of broke through somehow. But I just want you to know there's hundreds of songs that never saw the light of day that I really thought were pretty good. We, we were like, man, wait till Tom Brooks hears this. This is gonna be amazing. And it was just like, Pfft. he would say, well, I, his classic line was, well, my socks are still on. We'd be like, what? No, 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 no. Listen to it again. But this time, like, you ever do that? You just think if you hear it again, no. Like, and then you try to explain your song. And so write a bunch of songs. Uh, just exercise that muscle. Just like Tiger Woods goes out. You know, a golfer hits 1,000 balls a day. A tennis player has got to hit a bunch of balls. Uh, a bass player has got to get in the batting cage and keep swinging the bat. A songwriter has to show up and just be willing to just write, write, write. And... And just after, you know, every 20 songs, you're like, wow, this one's actually pretty good, you know? Um, Can I ask a um, big question? And I'd like Paul and Stu, I mean, what, what excites you guys about what you've seen in worship um, over the last, you know, 10 years and kind of where it is at this moment as well and, and what concerns you maybe even? Uh, about worship. I mean, it's, it's quite the industry, isn't it? Um, and uh, it's amazing, exciting things, and I'd imagine there's some concerns, but is there some, you know, older brother wisdom? Um, putting you on the spot here. Say something really smart and wise. But, um, yeah, what, you know, just maybe start, what excites you about what you're seeing in, 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 the, in worship with the church and, and then maybe a possible concern and, a, you know, just like a warning from a, you know, from a pastoral place that you guys are both in, I know, in my life, you know. I think um, the, uh, you know, as with most things in life as you go along, you, you, the, the one thing can be both a strength and a weakness. So I celebrate the fact that um, uh, the that the music we use for worship has become a uh, an industry, you know, it's kind of, that's a good thing and a bad thing, you know, it's a strength and a weakness, and uh, the the um, the thing for me, the way I kind of look at it is, I really want to contribute, you know, I want to be a part of it, I've always wanted to be in the band, right, I, that, that's my thing, I don't want to be left out, I want to be in, I want to be a part of it, and um, um, and I want to contribute, and I want to contribute with songs, but there's so much now. And, uh, you know, I use the, the picture of a sponge that is uh, completely saturated, and I want to contribute, so I tr pour some more water or some more songs in, but it just runs off because it's so... Um, so the thing that, that flows through my veins, because I so want to... Uh, I'm desperate to... to uh, to play my part and, uh, and and to join with you all and and and, and make a difference, um, but I can't move away from the fact that um, you know I'm a I, I'm a pioneer. I want to pioneer. I want to take things and I want to um, take them to new places. And so I look at. Um, 
Jesus' ministry, and I mean, there's so much there, but, you know, he was on the inside, right? He, was, he, he taught in the synagogues. He was fully Jewish, um, and, uh, but he was kind of on the inside but on the outside, and he brought some radical, radical ideas into his, his world. And so, um, so about 25 years ago or so, you know, we were at the beginning of this new uh, kind of movement. And, uh, um, you know, a bunch of guys from the south coast of England and people like um, uh, Matt Redman, and, you know, who was 17 when I first met him. I'll never forget it. Um, you know, we, we, along with our brothers that we didn't know and, and sisters that we didn't know in America at the time, people like Paul, and, and, you know, we were all kind of like just, just, you know, we were digging our trenches and going for it, and, and it kind of helped to birth a thing. So my thoughts on this all now is what is next? You know, what is um, you know, not going to be radically different, not going to change things too much, but what are the things that we need to be listening for and looking for and, and uh, uh, who are the people, you know, that are going to be bringing in a fresh thing so that we can have a new sponge to, uh, to contribute to and, uh, and uh, you know, be on the inside. So, like, we're serving the church. We love the church. You know, um, we're not kind of polarizing anything. You know, we want to hold everything and, and be inclusive. Um, but, uh, but what's the next fresh expression? Or the, um, you know, what can we be a part of that keeps us all moving forward and not, and not stagnating and not just being oversaturated? That's awesome. That's good. So the thing that I guess I'm grateful for looking at the last 20 years is to see how much... Ex- how many churches, uh, who ever heard of Hillsong Church until that first album, Shout to the Lord, and Jeff Bullock and Darlene Check and all that. It was just like, wow, cool. Look at this church, Sydney. Where's that? You look, look on the globe. It's like, like, who ever heard of it? You know, it's like, and, but songs were rising up from a church, and a lot of the early integrity stuff, that was sort of the model was trying to identify like Grace World Outreach. They were writing their own songs within their church, and and then there was a pocket here, and then there was uh, places in England. So I see, I've seen more of that over the last 20 years. It's been cool to see churches be willing to take a risk and say, let's see what we have in our midst, and let's write our own prayers. And let's maybe, um, so that's good. Instead of like these, well, only these professional songwriters from Nashville can write songs. And it's like, no, it's beautiful to see things organically happening in churches big and small, all over. So that's the most encouraging thing, and we don't have to judge. That's what's beautiful. It may not be your style, but we can all just appreciate the diversity and the tapestry of styles. And, and maybe you think, well, I probably would never do that in my church, but I'm, somebody's doing that. That's awesome. It's great. I bless it. Thank you, Lord. Um, and then the thing that concerns me, and I speak to myself first, is... Uh, just always uh, praying, letting that sort of never letting that simple prayer 
leave our, our heart is that, God, coming back to the heart of worship, it's all about you. And I'm sorry. I'm sorry for any part that I've played in making this a thing. And um, that's not heavy. Again, the Lord, it's like, like a child having a revelation that, ooh, it's probably disappointed my dad. I'm sorry, dad. And like just all of us, just always not walking around feeling bad, but just keeping our hearts tender towards the Lord and going, let this never become a thing. Oh, Lord. And the longer you do it, the more you do it. If you do go to Nashville, the potential for you to, you to become, it become, can become a thing, or it can become a thing in your church. Like, you know, leading worship can be a job, but it's like, Lord, I'm coming back. Help me, help me not just go back, but to go forward and experience just that, that the, the 10-year-old boy looking up at the stars you know, at night with a sense of wonder, and you don't know the name of every galaxy or star, but you just go, wow, man, wow, that's amazing, God, Mr. God, you're so big, you're so amazing, wow, Mr. God, like the friendly giant, you're such a, I just am in awe of you, and who are we that you are mindful of us, and mm-hmm. wow, hey, and then, then again, just just whisper that often when you're about to write with somebody. Just say, before we get started, we'll sing a few. I love to do that, by the way. Just say, can we just sing a couple familiar choruses? Man, Lord, I love you, Lord. And then eventually I find myself going, God, I'm sorry for this thing. We've made it. Ugh, we don't want to just, it's not a thing, Lord. We just want to help us to just bring a sincere, authentic offering from our hearts to yours, and we just shake our hands of a bribe, as it says in Ezekiel, and we don't want our left hand to know what our right hand's doing, and we just first and foremost, as best as we can, come to you with clean motives, a pure heart to say, we'd love to be able to present you with a fresh song that honors you, and and the next step is maybe it would have the potential as others might sing this, that maybe it would be a catalyst in their heart to go, wow, man, I've never, I've never thought about the Lord in that way. Or I never thought about saying that to the Lord. Wow. And so we become a servant with our songwriting mm-hmm. going forward, always thinking of how can we take words and music and serve it to others so that it will help those Say, oh, thank you for oh, thank you for helping me express something to God that I've always wanted to express that I didn't know quite how to say it. And, uh, so may we always do that, but may we always just in, in our mind just to constantly, God, may it never become this thing, this commodity, this industry. This even though the industry hopefully can serve authenticity and serve these prayers. And, and that's it. But let the heart and the root of it always be in our, all of us in this room. God, help us just stay, stay connected to that first, when we first tasted and saw that you are good. Oh, yeah, God. Thank you, Lord. So. Amen. Uh, we, um, we're going to be done. So uh, I'm going to pray. We're going to pray in agreement uh, over you and your churches. And we just, um, we didn't get to really say this, but officially we believe 
that uh, the Lord would love for you to and delight in you writing songs for your church. And I love what Paul was saying, listen to your pastor and, and uh, take the plunge, you know, take the dangerous risk of looking like a fool. And uh, you never know what could happen. Um, one of the questions that was, as I was asking around was, you know, somebody always knows someone who's, or it's them or it's a friend. They have this friend, you know, who writes great songs. And how could they get there? Um, Craig Dunnigan is the head of song publishing at Integrity. And he's doing a breakout tomorrow. Um, I just wanted to make mention of that if there's, you know, we didn't address it because we don't even know anything about it, but they, he, he, he could help um, with any of those questions and stuff like that with passionate songwriters who are like, hey, can I just, you know, can I be heard for a moment? Uh, so anyway, um, I wish we had, we, if we could go another couple hours, I think we were about to all start crying. Um, thank you, Paul. But um, just, I'll just pray, guys, let's come into agreement, pray for our you know, together, all of us, and, uh, and then we'll be dismissed. Uh, Lord, uh, would you restore to us the joy of our salvation and renew the right spirit within us when it comes to this idea, this gift of, of creating, Lord, of partnering with you, collaborating with you to create on the earth? Um, we take it so seriously, and it's such a, a privilege, and we want to say yes to you, God, to your desires, uh, we want, we so desire your delight, not man's delight. And Lord, we just say whatever it takes to bring you glory, we're in. And Lord, forgive us for controlling it for ourselves. Forgive us, Lord, for not trusting you. And, but Lord, I, we, we do agree uh, for explosions of creativity. We do agree for uh, a, a church to, you know, to sing together in unity, uh, great truths about you um, that originate from that church and originate from someone in this room or people in this room. Uh, we say yes to that, Lord, and we just always, we just come into agreement with your, your plans, with what you want to do on the earth, God. Uh, would you correct us where we are going away from that? Would you, would you help us? We love you, Jesus. It's all about you. Center us around your cross constantly. Let it be the center. Let it not be on a list of our loyalties. Lord, let it be the list. Let it encompass the list. Let it transcend it. Lord, we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. These guys. Amen.